What's up, y'all? This is your host, B. You are now tuned in to Bontroversial. DJ Shay Type shit, we got an hour to rock and roll, so let's get this bitch going. Welcome to another episode of Bontroversial. Um, I'm your host, B. What's good, Josh Smitty again? What's going on, it's that boy, Dre, man. So yeah, um, we're gonna tap back in. You know, um, last time we tapped in, we're talking about the tournament, but the tournament is complete now. Obviously, we got our national champion. Um, so let's just recap a little bit. Let's go back. Um, we go back to the final. We can do the final four. I mean, you know, my my pick U of H got bounced by Baylor on Saturday. Um, so you know, well, one of my picks, you know, I had Alabama and U of H, but one of my pick, my last pick, U of H got bounced. By Baylor and they got blew out, you know, out the water early in the first half. Like you can see in their body language, you know, they really had no life after that first half. And Baylor really um showed they were just a better team on both ends of the basketball. So let me know what y'all think about that game first, and then uh, we'll get into the other game of Final Four. Uh, I just think, you know, Baylor just showed you know their defensive prowess and showed how they can control the glass. U of H was winning a lot of times, you know, being bigger than the other team, being bigger than Syracuse, being tougher than Syracuse. Um, so, you know, they usually control the glass, but, you know, playing against Baylor, you know, it was a different different story. Um, Mitchell, you know, got going defensively, you know, pretty much took Grimes out the game. So without Grimes, um, you know, Houston really couldn't, you know, you know, gain much steam. Jerome tried to do much, but, you know, um, it just, you know, better just out physical them with the more tougher team. And, you know, the show throughout the game, you know, I don't think, you know, Houston got close in that game, you know, after the first 10 minutes of the first half. So, you know, just a testament to Baylor's defense and, you know, show the guys how tough those guys were. Facts. I grew up in you just said, y'all just saying, uh, you, you base had a good one. I think you base should be back in the Sweet 16 next year. You know what I'm saying? They're gonna they gonna get people from the transfer report. They're gonna get people. They gonna get people coming because everybody, everybody gonna want to come play for uh, Samson and stuff like that. But it's just uh, it just baby, this was a better team, bro. Baylor was a better team, and I think uh, Mitchell locked Grimes down. Grimes is like Grimes is the best. Grimes is their best player, like basketball wise. You know what I'm saying? Jerome like the heart of the team, but Jerome really just like a plug-in player. If you really want to think about, he's a plug-in player. He got a lot of heart. But it just show you, Baylor was like that all year, bro. Like, and then Baylor played a tougher schedule too. Like, Baylor played Texas, uh, Oklahoma State, Kansas. You know what I'm saying? You eventually don't play nobody besides Memphis and Wichita State. So you can tell when like that adversity hit them that they didn't know how to handle it because they that was their first time being down big all year. You know what I'm saying? They usually they usually can, can like control the glass. They usually do a lot of stuff, but you just can tell Baylor, which is a better team, out physical them, outwork them. Baylor wanted it more. Baylor, Baylor had more heart than the U of H, I think, personally. Well, I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I know U of H has a lot of heart. And the thing for me is just when I look at both teams, I look at two identical teams, but Baylor just does everything better. Baylor, U of H great on the glass. Baylor better. U of H great at defending with guards. Baylor's better. U of H has good guard play. Baylor's better. So it's just like the, everything that U of H leaned on the whole season to get them where they were was 
they ran into somebody big and better that can do all those things just as well as they could. Quinn really couldn't get his shot off. That was a big key for me, for him to be able to raise, obviously be able to raise his draft stock in a game like that, showing up and being able to show that, you know, he can get his shot off against some of the most elite in the country. And um, it just doesn't look like that. He, he could do that, especially against them. And, um, you know, he was having a couple subpar nights, but they, they were so gritty. They're such a gritty team. You know, they were able to pull out wins. But, you know, Baylor was obviously the better team. And uh, they came in and proved it. And, you know, they opened my eyes. And, you know, that's why I had them going into that national championship game winning the way they played there. But um, let's go ahead and get to the other side. Let me know how y'all feel about the Gonzaga-UCLA game, I'm going to let y'all have this one because I fell asleep, unfortunately. I missed what they say, one of the greatest games, you know, in in the, um, the tournament history. So, y'all let me know how y'all felt about that game and what y'all saw. Well, man, it was just great from from start to finish um, to to end of the overtime. It was just great basketball play. Um, it was pretty nip and tuck throughout the whole game. Um, you know, buckets being transferred back and forth. Um I just think Gonzaga showed what made them undefeated at the time, um, whether it be Timmy going to work, you know, Suggs going to work, Kristaps going to work. Um, and it's kind of, you know, what kind of led to, you know, Jalen Suggs' shot. Um, Gonzaga had to make a lot of clean stops in that second in that second half in overtime. You know, a lot of key, key stops on Jalen Suggs' block you know, that turned into a, you know, a fast break dunk to Timmy. Um, that was big in the game. Timmy's uh, charge taking the last minute of the game when he had four fouls. You know, he could have went either way. Could have went black. Could have went, went block. Could have went charge. I, I, I did see that, though. My bad to cut you off. But I was about that. I thought about it going back and forth. Me personally, I just felt like that's a no call. You know, I feel like, like you said, it could go both ways. He did attack you know, that one side of his body. So did he run him over? No, but also was he sent there? I, I really didn't see. It was really bang, bang to me. So I really felt like it should have been a no call. But, I mean, they go into overtime anyway. Yeah, so the, the – I mean, had, something has to be caught. Contact has to be – contact is made. Is either, you know, a guy falls down. As of being a ref, you either got to make that call um, you know, most times you have to make a call either or, you know, you got to stand on what you, you saw. Yeah, but I ask you this. Is he making that call because he doesn't want to give – he doesn't want to give the game – put the game in his hands and put UCLA at the line for the win? Or is he making that call because it is the right call? Like, that's just I, I mean, I believe it was the right call. So, in that case, you know, right call, if it was a – you know, if it was an instance where it was the right call, where it was a block or he's clearing the restriction – and then you have to call that, you know, and especially if the guy falls down, in my opinion. As a as a coach, I would like to see either one be the call, either it be, you know, a block or a charge. So you I want that play stopped regardless. Something needs to be called. Yeah. Okay. Especially in the bank on the bang bang play is a charge block foul. Like now, if you're going up and it's a contest or something like that, that's a little different on the no call, but especially a black charge, something has to be called, you know, whether it be you know, it went for in Gonzaga's favor as a charge, and it went against you know UCLA. But that that play has to be called, especially if somebody's on the ground. So it's a little different than you know contest. But it's just a great game. Um, definitely 
Only thing that probably was, you know, didn't make it the greatest game. It was, you know, it was the the front end of the final for the quarterfinal. It was an actual championship game. Um, they were tied when Jalen Suggs hits the shot. So it's either, you know, you make it, you're the hero, you miss it, you know, nothing really happens to you, you know, go to another overtime. So, you know, it's definitely on the list of greatest games, but I wouldn't put it as the greatest game. But the way it ended was, you know, in, you know, right. fantastic fashion. So definitely has to be in consideration. Mm-hmm. I think it was a, I think it was a good game. I think it was one of the best games I saw in a long time. And just like y'all was talking about the charge, I think it was a, it's a bang bang place. So like you said, something has to be called. But sometimes I like, I like like the, like it should have been like a no call. I think. But I'm gonna go back on what you said. Like you ref that somebody's on the ground, so you gotta call something. But it went into, it went into overtime at the end of the day. So it really, so it really don't matter. By that, that was a good game. And then like uh, UCLA, like UCLA was the first four out, I think. There was the first four out, I think. And they went all the way to the final four. So that just showed, so like that really just showed you that like, it just, when you get hot at the right time and they beat, they beat Alabama. And I think Johnny Juzang, he, he rose his stock. So if he goes to draft or if he come back, you know what I'm saying? That's up to, that's up to him. But I think it was a, it was a good game. He better think, go. What the fuck? He better go. Yeah, so you know what I'm saying? It's, 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 it's one tournament and then try to come back. That's how that's how you play with your start. Yeah, so it's just like it's like one of them things where uh, he played really good and he, and he showed you he showed you why he was a five star recruit at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? It's just like uh, me was talking about earlier, like that five star recruit stuff is really just not starting to mean too much no more. You know, it's got a little hype now, but now you got a lot of people just to feel like they they supposed to be five star here here and there. You know what I'm saying? So uh, he was Kentucky, then went to UCLA, and he got his shit off at UCLA. So it was a, it's a real, it was a real good game. It's one of the best games I've been saw in a while. So I think uh, it is a good, it was a good game. It was going back and forth, just like Smitty was saying. Um, they was getting timely stops. They were getting stops when they needed it. You know what I'm saying? But it just went off. Jenna Suggs hit the shot, and everybody was talking that bullshit, talking about like they knew he was gonna hit the shot. Nobody knew he was about to hit that shit. So. It's just a, I said, ain't nobody was gonna hit that. that shit. Yeah, nobody knew he was about to hit that shit, man. But it was just a good game, bro. Shit, I wish. You know what I'm saying, I wish the the uh, the ch- national championship game was a little bit better, but you know that's besides the point. Okay, so I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean the shot. I, some people say it's lucky. Some people say it's not. I mean, I don't really care about that much. I mean, it's a great shot at the end of the day. Um, you know, shoot, let's get into the national championship game. You know, you got Gonzaga coming in, you know, saving a undefeated season with Suggs from basically half court. And then you got Baylor that, you know, just steamrolled U of H and, you know, put up a lot of points against that team. So let me know how y'all felt like coming into the game and, you know, what y'all thought, who was going to win and why. Uh, I I thought Baylor um, because – just Gonzaga just didn't have enough, um, you know, Baylor defense comes at you at waves. They can go about eight deep off that bench. And, you know, I saw how they dismantled U of H. And I believe U of H had more better guards than Gonzaga did, or more guards that actually can go and actually can, you know, go off the bounce. And I just saw how Baylor just had them in a vice group and, you know, just turned up the pressure on them. Um, so I thought, you know, I thought Jalen Suggs would have a good game. Um, the two early fouls kind of hurt them and put them, you know, had sent him to the bench for about five minutes. Um, but yeah, you know, from start to from start to finish, Baylor's, you know, 
you know, ball handling and jump shot and be able to make jump shots. Um, we just kind of separate them from Gonzaga. And then on defense end, they were just, you know, relentless in passing lanes, getting, you know, deflections, um, boxing out. Um, I think they out-rebound Gonzaga by at least, you know, 10 boards. So, you know, anytime that happens, you know, they getting second-chance points like that. It's never, you know, recipe for, you know, for the other team to win, but Gonzaga kind of, kind of probably fought back in halftime and was able to cut it to ten. Um, but Baylor just came out in that second half, just kept hitting shots, kept defending. And, you know, just kind of, you know, I don't think you know Kristaps and you know number eleven on um Gonzaga was just ready for that type of pressure to come at you. You know, come off you know pick and roll, getting blitz and double and, and double team and. Baylor's getting deflections, they're out and running and hitting threes. So they came out of barrage, you know, it was a it was a blowout from the get-go. Um, other than them getting close to halftime, it pretty much was a 15, you know, 10 to 15 point lead the whole game. And, you know, Baylor, you know, heads up to Baylor, you know, they defended and rebounded. The team that used to do that usually went to game. So that's what, you know, it just was a they kind of blitzed them at times and kind of, you know, shook Gonzaga. So that's what I kind of saw last night. I think uh, I had Baylor. I had Baylor from the jump. I I knew Baylor was gonna win because I think uh, I think like you say like that. U of H had um U of H had better guards than Gonzaga through the jump, but you just could tell Baylor won them more. And Baylor, I feel like Baylor just had better players down the line because if you watch the gameplay, Baylor just was picking and rolling. They was letting Timmy get on the guard and whoever guard was, he was taking them, breaking them down. They was making the open passes, open shots, they hit threes. And you could tell that uh that that Gonzaga guards never saw no pressure like that. Like they they never saw no pressure like that. So I just feel like Baylor just had the overall better team. They had a they just had a better team. They just was locking down because they didn't let nobody get off. They let nobody get off. So you just can tell Baylor just wanted them more. Baylor just a better team. And I feel like Baylor, Baylor just steamrolled them. Like cause I think if U of H played Gonzaga, U of H would have beat Gonzaga. So that's just my opinion on that. But I just feel like Baylor just had a better team, better players. They was locking down. They was hustling. One dude, uh, they started on uh, ESPN. One dude saved, saved the saved the pass, threw it back in bounds. And he still went over on the other side of the three-point line to, to contest the shot. All of this is heart right there, but that's wanting them more, wanting to win the game, putting your body on the line for y'all to win the game. Yeah, man. And he did that with three minutes left up 17, so – I just got to show you, you know, how you know how much they wanted it, how they weren't giving any possession. Um, you know, I had Baylor going into that game after seeing what they did to U of H, you know, on the style of play U of H plays. Um, you know, I just felt like U of H guards are better, like you guys are saying. But um, another thing that um that I also saw was like, you know, Timmy wasn't gonna be able to get in that open floor like he likes to. He wasn't gonna be able to get off in the post and things like that with such a, a physical front line, and that's what you saw early. Like, he wasn't able to pivot, get up and under, just get a little easy shots. You know, everything was super contested. And even for Suggs, too, you know, him and Davion, you know, had their battles as well. But but the difference was is that, you know, they had Jer- Jared Butler. You know, they got other guys. They had number 31. I forget his name. But, you know, they have him as well. Then you got he- – uh, yeah, then you got Flo Thamba as well. You got all these other guys that can step in. The uh, biggest thing that really hurt Gonzaga and Mark Few was shook is that on the pick and rolls and on the isos, they could not stay in front. That's why they went to that zone early on the pick and rolls. It was so – I mean, once he came off the roll, it was so, like, everything you want. Like, 
if, if you got the ball, you got everything you want in front of you if you're a Baylor guard. So it was really hard for them to defend the pick and roll, especially with the athleticism and quickness of Baylor. So I just felt like it was a match made in heaven for Baylor. You know, they came out with, with a lot of intensity, ready to, you know, come at their heads. And, you know, knew that that was a team that outside of UCLA hadn't faced adversity you know, to a larger degree. And I knew early once they was down that much, I knew they, I knew they weren't coming back, especially once they went to that zone. I mean, it was over. That guards, once the guards penetrated the zone, and sometimes they wouldn't even have to. They would just pass it around the top and find it. So it was just like, you know, they – you could tell Mark Few didn't really have any counter, any answers to what Baylor was doing, and partially because um, scheme, but partially because of personnel. He just didn't have a personnel that – Go toe to toe with Baylor, in my opinion. He don't have a personnel because he's playing at weak ass conference, bro. Like you know what I'm saying? Like they have a side. Well, that's, but that's part of recruiting too, though. You know, Gonzaga, Gonzaga got a good enough name. Like they yeah. need to do a better job at, at recruiting. You know, all around. But they, yeah. Gonzaga, don't want a lot of. Gonzaga don't really. You know, you don't see a lot of one and duns go to Gonzaga too, and maybe Gonzaga don't search for those guys, but that could be to their detriment as well. You know. Exactly. I feel like I see what you're saying, but I just feel like they don't play, they don't, they don't have no adversity during the year. Yeah, you know I mean? it's like what me and you were saying earlier. You brought it up first, but it's like you know they need to be in the Pac-12 or another conference or something because you know that that conference they in is is me. Yeah, so like they, I feel like I feel like it's all about it's all about having adversity during the season. So when you get so when you get to the to like the national you like all right, but we didn't been down twenty before when he came back and won. But you know what I'm saying, but. Nobody can say that because they've been beating everybody by 20. You feel me? So they don't really don't have nothing to say. And like you said, the coach really don't counter nobody either. But they could be one of the things again. Because I could maybe because I could do need to get a one and done. You know what I'm saying? Or maybe something like that. You never know though. You just never know how that's gonna go at the end of the day. Yeah, man. Well, you know, so congrats to Baylor. Oh, they definitely deserved it. That's just one of those matchups where I feel like, you know, Baylor would beat them again. I don't feel like that was a fluke. I don't feel like that was a good night. You know, that's just a team that was better than their opponent. Um, let's turn it over to the other side. Um, I wanted to get into this conversation. Um, you know, right now, what um okay, um FYI KD is back tonight. Um, so we'll we'll see him in action. But anyway, tomorrow, huh? The, oh my bad tomorrow, yeah. The, the next game. Yeah, he'll play tomorrow against the Pelicans. Oh, and he gonna come back when I play when they play my boys, bro. Yeah, he gotta cook up. It's gonna be an easy cook up too. It's just chill, 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 chill. If, if Zion, if Zion and uh BI didn't play, we'll be all right. The Nets gonna win though, but don't but Zion and them play it's just gonna make KD play a couple more minutes, score a couple more buckets. Like, that's all. But I, I doubt he played that much. I mean, he just been he been really maintenance. Um, you know, I feel like he could have played if it was a playoffs. But you know, that's topic for another time. What we're about to get into though is um, you know, who y'all feel like the number one pick right now? Um, is people talking about K, people talking about Jaden Suggs and um Jaden Green. Um, you know, y'all give me y'all thoughts about that. Um, I'll give mine in turn. Uh, I think it's. I'm gonna go Jalen Green just for the simple fact that he's at that that G League right now, and you know, so that's another year of playing professionally, and um, I think teams see that and realize he could have you know went to college and been the number one pick. But yeah, I'm gonna go Jalen Green. Um, 
And then it's a toss-up, you know, between Cade and, and Jalen Suggs, in my opinion. But just the simple fact that Jalen Green's been playing right now is already in that kind of NBA systems and kind of been a pro. I'm going to go Jalen Green. And then, you know, it's whatever team, you know, decides they need a point guard for either Cade or Jalen Suggs. So that's how I kind of feel. Since, you know, Jalen Green's always been, you know, living like a pro, playing like a pro, uh, I think NBA teams are kind of favor that a little bit more. I think it's uh I think it's gonna be K. I think it's gonna be K. I'm big on K. I think K got like one of their best games already. But I feel what you're saying about Jalen Green and Jalen Green uh he been playing a pro. I just think K got it. K kind of got a smooth little game already. And I take on and I think uh, whatever whatever team he go to, uh K, like you know, whoever gets the first pick, I think he could he, he gonna contribute like right away, start just down in third. Jalen Green, I just gotta see a little bit more of Jalen Green, like uh playing. I have been watching the G League. So I really don't know like what Jalen Green been doing. But I just think it's gonna be K. I think K got like a smoothie game. I think he kind of already developed, like I think he already kind of developed his game. I think Jalen Green. I just gotta see more of Jalen Green at the end of the day. I mean, I mean, yeah, um, you know, I'm I'm gonna take K. I like Jalen Green. I like what he's done. Um, but at the same time, they they only they don't play so many games in the G League. And although he he is he is getting that NBA type of experience. You know, it, 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 just like all for the other guys, there's going to be a transition period. I like Jalen Green, but I feel like Cade is the number one pick because he he can go in and make an instant impact on almost any team. And I'm not saying that Jalen doesn't have the skill to, but right now Cade's skill set up to already do that. You're going to have to put somebody around Jalen Green to really facilitate his skill. He's not a one. He could play the two or the three. You know, um, you know, defend. Uh, he can probably defend one through three, maybe one through four. Once, once he gets his body developed and things like that. But, you know, I'm gonna take K. You know, far as him being a game changer, he can play on the wing, or he can play your point in any situation. So, just him being able to be a wing threat and a threat on the ball a little more than Jalen having those two um, facets of his game. I feel like, you know, NBA teams are favoring him more. But, you know, obviously. When you look at the number two, I I mean, when I look at the second one, I mean, both Jalen's are a toss-up to me, but I'll probably go – I'll probably go Jalen Green um, for some of the reasons Cindy said, like his experience already of having that pro life, you know, his wingspan, he's able to handle the ball as well. He's athletic, you know. He can do a lot of the same things Jalen – Suggs can do, but um, a little better in certain areas. So I just feel like, um, you know, he'll be somebody that they look to for more potential in the future, and um, to do bigger things than Jalen Suggs. But then again, it depends on what you looking you looking for or what you have around your team, because you got to make sure you got the pieces around your team to maximize whatever player you bring in. You know, that's what kind of surprised me about Lamelo. I mean, they had pieces, but. You know, LaMelo really helped those fleeces blossom. You see PJ playing better. You see Miles Bridges playing better. You know, Hayward was hooping. So, you know, it's, um, you know, just that, that situation matters a lot. And um, although I say K to be the number one pick, Jalen Green to be this and that, it um, it don't matter where they get picked at the end of the day because, you know, their situation is going to really determine the value that they have, that they should have had when they got drafted at the end of the day, you know, so. You know, that's that's my thought on that. Um, but I do think at the end of the day, those the guys will be one, two, three in whatever order. I don't think nobody else will step up in the draft combine or, you know, sneak into that top three at all. 
You know, I'm I'm glad. No, no disrespect, but I'm glad it's not no Euro players in top five projected picks that we don't know about. That we got to figure out if he the next Luca, Chris Stapps, and all this shit. We just I'm glad that's we don't got none of that this year, but I'm sure that that's coming in the future. Um, what else we got to get on, man? We got to get on my boy. My boy Smitty, homeboy, Michael Rappaport, man. What's up with your boy, man? Leaking DMs. He all on the net with it, man. Tell us, you know, how you Hey, my boy. That <laughs> <laughs> was your guy, man. I thought you missed a Rappaport. You know, I just mm-hmm. want to know, like, why he on the net like that. Just, I mean, first of all, the shit he was saying on first. Um, on this oh, movie. my God, bro. Don't even get me started on that bullshit. Shannon, got, Shannon was getting on his ass, though. I'm glad Shannon was getting on his ass. But I mean, just let me know how y'all feel about that. I mean, to me, it's just overly understood that it's lame. It's, it's like it's like he leaked the DM from like December, right, or something like that, right? Uh-huh. It, was, it was more recent, as in it was more recent. Okay, I thought it was. I thought it was December. Maybe I looked at it wrong. So, but bro, you gonna leak some DMs, bro? Come on now, bro. And then you gonna get on the? Then you gonna get on the on a fucking the fucking uh what the fuck is it uh, undisputed? Talking about people don't pay my dog. People say this. Well, motherfucker, you shouldn't have said that shit. You should just kept your mouth shut and just let it be. And on at the end of the day, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like I just feel like he's wanted attention, and then he got the attention. Not all the attention backfired on him. You know what I'm saying? Because everybody's speaking out against it. Because uh, Stephen Jackson said something about it. Because they they had uh, they had Mike Ryan put on on their show probably like a month or two ago. So like one of the things, bro, you should just keep your mouth shut, bro. And just let it, just let it be on. Let it go, let it go about your day, bro. But now everybody against you. Now you're feeling the backlash, and this, that, and the third. So now you just fucked up. You he fucked up. Then he was trying to cry on undisputed, bro. Like nah, bro. Yeah, he was low key. He was faking. He was faking that. But, but he an actor, bro. He an actor. That shit phony, you know, bro. But I he feel was, like he was low key being a like a little serious. Like he just wanted to throw that out there. But I mean, yeah, Smitty, let me know what you think about it. Um, when I first saw it early in the morning, whenever it first came out, I just, you know, I just said, you know, why is, you know, Michael Wright put out here dry snitching? Um, I knew once he delete, once he leaked it and I saw how, you know, KD was coming, talking, you know, in the DMs, I knew the NBA was going to find him some type of way. So now, you know, for one, Michael Rackerport from Brooklyn, you know, claims to be, you know, one of the the few white guys that actually can hang around and he, you know, is on this thing as the black best friend and that's stuff grew up in Brooklyn. So um you would think, you know, during that time he would be kind of, you know, knowledgeable of, you know, bro code, man code, you know what I'm saying, street code of anything, to be like, hey, you don't air out, you know what I'm saying, what's between you and another man. Even even though it is on the internet, you know, it's a direct message, so it's between you and him talking. That would be the same thing, in, like Stephen Jackson said, if um, we're talking in a room and then I go air it out with what you just said. So, um, you know, I thought it was foul, and definitely when, you know, you start messing with a man's pocket and, and, and taking money out of his pocket to deal with some petty shit like that of you leaking something, Oh, I just thought it was foul, you know what I'm saying? And definitely, I was not say a fan of Rappaport, but I, you know, I was fucking Rappaport because everybody else fucked with Rappaport. You know, Steven Jackson was vouching for him. You know, I watched the big three. You know, he was saying he, he was funny at times in the interview. So all the legends were, you know, fucking with him and, and, and vouching for him and merching for him. So 
you know, I definitely thought, you know, Mike Rapport one of those guys, and then just seeing him on Skip and Shannon and just, you know, felt like a real one at times, but, you know, all that went out the window once he did the shit with KD. So, um, you know, it was foul. Um, definitely should never posted it. You know, definitely, you know, got his hood card revoked after that one. So, you know, Mike Rapport just out, on, you know, out the dry now because, you know, Steven Jackson ain't fucking with him. You know, that was one of his main, you know, backs of stand-up guys that was, you know, rocking with him. So, I think it was just all fucked up that he went that, you know, even though KD was saying was, you know, we could say it was out of line, talking about his wife and different things, Then, but that's when you take it with him personally. You don't put it out to the world. And knowing the stature KD has, you don't put him out there like that because you – he was saying he didn't know how – he didn't realize how strong his social media backing was, and that was a lie because he definitely did know it. Definitely did know it, and that's why he put – put out what he put out. So, you know, it's just definitely fucked up for all parties involved. Yeah, I agree. Like, you don't say, look at this and be like, oh, I don't know. I got to follow him. Like, that's just like, that's just boring. Like, he, he knows he has a following. And that's just like, you know, it was an opportunity for him to even, you know, grow his following even in a sense. I mean, he winning somebody bigger than him, showed the DMs, I mean. You know, and it's just like now you fucked yourself up in the future. So people not gonna people gonna look at you funny. People not gonna talk talk to you the same, like because they know what you own. So I mean, you know, it's gonna be interesting to see, you know, how many bridges this burns for him moving forward. Uh, you know, especially fucking with people pockets and shit. That's definitely never cool, man. So um, you know, that's how I feel about that. Um, you know, to me, that just that's just self-explanatory. Like you just don't do that shit. But uh, let's t- let's turn it over to my boy, the truth, man. My boy, the truth, had a crazy weekend. He went crazy this weekend for real, like. So you know, Paul Pierce, ESPN parted ways with Paul Pierce for his um endeavors over the weekend. So let me know, um, y'all thoughts on that. I don't know, man. It, it was like. Super weird because there's only like 300 people on this live. Um, but I think it was more of trying to because right after you know, ESPN parted ways with him, he was saying you know, bigger things in store. So I don't know if it was a contract thing with ESPN where he wanted to get out. And this is he knew it. Hey, if I post all this shit on this, you know, Disney platform, which ESPN is, they definitely, you know, not gonna be able to keep yeah. it around. And that's more of the thing, it's a Disney platform more than anything. Yeah. So, yeah, so ESPN definitely is owned by Disney. So, you know, Edward is a little more, a little more sensitive and a little more, you know, PG friendly. Yeah, definitely PG. So, um, I think it was just more, well, I don't know. It was just weird, you know, because he never did no shit like that ever <laughs> on live. So, it was just, you know, weird. But you know, I think he had something else planned and wanted to get out the contract with ESPN because he hadn't been on. You know, many platforms, not the east, you know, the the jump or you know the halftime show during the game. So I don't know. Maybe he kind of went out and he knew if I did this, I can, you know, that definitely terminate me and I can go on about my business. So I don't know. It was just super weird because he never did like that anything on live like that. So I feel I you feel like it's more of a chess move. Yeah, yeah. something of something you know like just Cause yeah he because he never. Yeah, he'll never, he never, that that behavior is never like Paul Pierce. I'm sure he did, I'm sure he does it, but it was more like we never saw it on Instagram. So that's what kind of made me kind of iffy in his after statements. 
Exactly. And another thing is, like, Paul doesn't have wilder days. Like, he's 43 years old. So, like, he could have been made that mistake. So, I, I, I kind of agree. Like, I just feel like it was something bigger in the picture there. Um, All the subliminals after the fact. And, um, yeah, um, you know, to ESPN, you know, with Disney, you know, so that was – um, it was surprising to see him do that. It's kind of out of character. But at the same time, um, shit. It's like other like rappers and other celebrities that do that shit, you know, it's fond of, you know, an NBA player do it. Even if it was a, another NBA player, you know, now he is command, former or current, you know, they would probably be frowned upon. So it's just, you know, everybody got their biases towards how somebody should be acting when they making a certain amount of money. But, Drake, let me know what you think about it. I just, I think, like y'all said, bro, that he has some bigger story, bro, because he ain't, he only had like he had never did that before. He could have been did that, but like y'all say, he could have made contracts or he could have tried to be producing, trying to get his own little podcast, his own little network going, his own little TV shows. You know what I'm saying? So you never know, bro. So maybe he didn't want to keep continue working with them, bro. Like you never know, bro. But it's like one of the things where I was like, oh, I, you know, the ESPN let him go. He didn't do oh shit. He didn't do nothing bad or nothing like that. He just he just what's it called? He just posted that shit. Now that's that, bro. Now he he posted he posted some now something else on IG just now too so we'll see we'll see what he got going on in the next in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, for sure. So we'll definitely see what he had planned. Oh shit! Hello, my bad, y'all. But um, yeah, man, that's um, that's gonna do it for this episode, man. Um, we appreciate y'all tapping in. I'm gonna hand it over to the guys. Hey, man, Smitty here. Appreciate y'all for listening, man. Smitty out. That boy Dre, appreciate y'all, man. Y'all boys keep tapping in for us. All right, man. Check us out on our platform.